kill you. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Auntie Nanny. Uh, with me tonight is the bubbly and vivacious Miss Jeannie Kay. Hi, Jeannie. How are you? Hi, Jeannie. Good. Good. And the best producer money can't buy, which is good, because I don't actually pay him. Barry. Are you tonight, Barry? Hello. I'm here an hour earlier than last week. Yes. This yes. time travel thing that goes on. Yeah. Oh, next week we get to go through the same thing. In fact, Sunday. Um, yeah. If you live in a place that celebrates the forcing of you to turn back, turn back and turn your clocks ahead, um, we will be doing that Sunday. So, yay. <laughs> I just think it's kind of ridiculous. And here they've always said uh, we do it because of the farmers. And the farmers go, but we've got electricity. <laughs> Farmers go, what the hell? When you did know, we become cow- too stupid to know when to get up? <laughs> what? Well, but really, you think the cows give a fuck whether it's light or dark? They don't. No. Cows go to the barn to get milked at the same time every day, 365 days a year, because they're full. Mm-hmm. They don't care what your clock says. Yeah. Very true. Very, very true. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's been a few really interesting days for news I actually don't have a whole lot of tech news this week which oh is surprising <laughs> I don't if you look at this does does usually is just technology news back to back and this week doesn't really look like that at all um, although there's plenty of government corruption so if that's why you tuned in stay tuned because we'll be chatting about that too um the one thing I did want to mention is that SISA, uh, SISA moved forward. Um, so 83 senators just said, hell yes, we're going to pass the surveillance bill. So um, it's not really about cybersecurity, although that's kind of what they're telling people. It's not really about anything that's going to be good for anybody. So... Um, believe fight for the future and the electronic frontier foundation have campaigns set up for you to protest that so if you're against it like 
most people with a brain who don't like censorship are. Feel free to go there and protest that. Because 83, 83 senators voted for that. And I don't know if anybody remembers um, CISPA. But I remember CISPA too. And the, the biggest thing I remember about it is people felt like they were powerless and they could do nothing to stop it. But they got so many emails and so many phone calls that you could watch during the two to three days leading up to the vote. You could watch these senators backtrack. And say, oh, they didn't support it. Or, oh, it was, <laughs> my favorite thing was, it's time to get the geeks in here and ask them what it's really going to do. Um, and that was about, I think, the first time we had ever managed to beat back anything that was propelled forward by so much money. So that was a good thing. And we can do it again. It's just that people have to want to. I'm not going to give people a web address or tell people they should go do it it's you know if you don't like being surveilled you'll do something about this and if you're fine with it um please send me your email and your home address so i can come (laughs) to your house and set up a webcam and broadcast the images to random places on the internet 24 7 and let me look through your email address and your email inbox and just post those on the web too not judging just saying then again, a lot of people do that on Facebook anyway. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I know. You got people posting pictures of what they're eating and shit. I'm sure it's not a problem. <laughs> um, okay. So, who here heard that cheese is the new crack? No, today, today we're on the meat is a carcinogenic. Uh, well, meat. yes, but that was yesterday. Well, actually, yeah. yesterday it was just bacon. Today it's all processed meats. Yeah. What, Jeannie? The who needs to shut the hell up, stay away from my food, and go eat grass. But but the grass has been sprayed with chemicals, so it's a carcinogen, so they complain about that as well. So the who it's can got really Leo's go... face in it. <laughs> okay. So, um... This is the story, and I'm going to read it to you verbatim, and then we're going to talk about reality. (laughs) Is cheese the new crack? Study finds pizza as addictive as some drugs. Highly processed foods like pizza, cake, and chocolate affect the body and brain similarly to drugs. Crack, cocaine, heroin, and pizza? You may have suspected your love of pizza is an addiction. Now a new study proves that's true. Conducted by the University of Michigan psychologists Erica Schult and Anthony Gernhardt and neuroscientist Nicole Avina from New York Obesity Research Center of Columbia University, the study found that highly processed foods may share some characteristics with drugs of abuse, e.g. high dose, rapid rate of absorption, and appear to be particularly associated with food addiction. The researchers ranked 35 different foods according to how problematic they are in terms of being addictive, Chocolate was number one, followed by ice cream, french fries, pizza, and cookies. Cakes, fried chicken, soda, cheese, pretzels, and bacon were all in the top 20. The researchers found that processed foods, which are generally higher in fat and glycemic load, a number that estimates how much a food will raise blood glucose level than non-processed foods, are more frequently associated with eating behaviors that resemble addiction. 
The researchers note that consuming highly processed foods with high sugar and fat content signal similar changes to the neurological dopamine reward system as when drugs are being abused. Um, I think there's a... Yeah, here's a table so you can see their stupid-ass numbers from uh, the NIH. Processing sugars appears to be an essential distinguishing factor for whether food is associated with behavioral indicators of addictive-like eating, the researchers write. Highly processed foods are altered to be particularly rewarding through the addiction and, sorry, through the addition of fats in our refined carbohydrates, like white flour and sugar. They point out that substances that are, are addictive are rarely in their natural state. Grapes, for example, only become addictive when they are processed into wine. Seriously, who's addicted to wine? This stuff has always tasted like I was drinking it out of a dirty glass. Um, similarly, poppies gain their addictive properties after, only after they are refined into opium. Researchers write, food addiction is characterized by symptoms such as loss of control over consumption, continued use despite negative consequences, and an inability to cut down despite the desire to do so. Addictive-like eating has been associated with increased impulsivity and emotional reactivity, which are similarly implicated in substance abuse disorders. Thus, food addiction may share common behavioral attributes with other addictive disorders. Neuroimaging studies have also revealed biological similarities in patterns of reward-delayed dysfunction between food addicts and substance-dependent individuals. Individuals endorsing symptoms of food addiction exhibit increased activation in reward-related regions in response to food cues consistent with other addictive disorders. The study adds to the growing scientific evidence that links obesity and substance dependence which has led researchers in the fields of biology, neuroscience, and psychology to work collaboratively to investigate the role of addiction in eating disorders and problematic eating behaviors in general. In the United States, obesity continues to increase. By 2030, it is estimated that more than 85% of American adults will be overweight. Obesity-related health care costs are projected to increase from the current nearly 10% of national health care expenditures to 15% over the next 15 years. In his 2014 autobiographical novel, Sex and Crime, Oliver's Strange Journey, author Oliver Marcus explores many forms of addiction through a series of relationships. The, he argued that the mechanisms of addiction are the same whether it's heroin or food. Don't ever think you're better than a drug addict because your brain works the same as theirs. You have the same circuits and drug would affect your, drugs would affect your brain in the same way it affects theirs. The same thought process that makes them screw up over and over again would make you screw up over and over as well if you were in their shoes. You are probably already doing it, just not with heroin or crack, but with food or cigarettes or something you shouldn't be doing. Perhaps the old saying, you can't have your cake and eat it too, should be amended. You can have your cake and eat it too, but you probably won't be able to stop. Okay, so it's the back to the <sighs> department of stating the bloody obvious. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're basically you know, saying um, our brain that... is hardwired to enjoy high-carbohydrate, sugar-fat, processed food. Which, of course, it is. It's genetics. Um, oh, also, cheese, genetics, is, mo cheese not... is more addictive because would... cheese contains MAOIs. So? Yeah, I'm more hardwired to eat cows because um, <laughs> I really like steak. If I had to choose between having cake for dessert or having a steak for dinner... I'm going to eat the steak. 
Oh yeah, so, monthly. But but here's the thing. <laughs> They're right. systematically trying to get rid of everything that people really enjoy. Some asshole is out there in the world trying to <laughs> take away every single thing that you find enjoyable in your life. Why the fuck don't they just put Chantix in the water? Can we please not wants- can we please refrain from giving those nutters some more good ideas? <laughs> please. I'm sorry. Just I, that, was, that was meant very sarcastically, by the way. In case anybody didn't know it, I, I meant that very sarcastically. Um, you can take Chantix and stuff it up your ass. Um, but yeah, Don't why? do that either. It gets into the body quicker. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Go ahead, well, I'm sorry. If Look, if we stuff Chantix up the ass, everybody in the WHO and all of these dietitians, um, maybe they wouldn't try to regulate our lives so much because they wouldn't enjoy doing it. There's yeah. a thought. Well, you know, right. And you've got to understand a lot of this comes from like the healthier living 2030 thing from the World Health Organization. And a lot of that money comes from two sources. Bloomberg Philanthropies and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Okay, so all of these people think they know better how you should live your lives than you do. There's a cliche, yeah, all it, things in moderation. This is absolutely true. The, the people running these panels, yeah. for the most part, on people like Bloomberg, it, it, if you look at them, yeah, it's because the, the only enjoyment they get from their skinny, moralistic lives is telling other people what to do. That's their addiction. Exactly. You know, exactly. And it really, you know what? I could run on a treadmill 12 miles a day. I could drink nothing but water and eat nothing but tofu. And, you know, I could probably live an extra two years. Why would I want to? Yeah, I'm, I'm in Scotland There's where such a we thing. have hugely bad diet, drink too much alcohol, loads of us smoke. We die young, but damn, we have fun. Exactly. I mean, it really does come down to quality of life. And if this is, like some people believe, the only time you're going to go around, why should you be miserable the entire time? If every once in a while, taking out a horrible Sara Lee cake, I think they're Sara Lee, Pepperidge Farm, those little freaking frozen cakes, and eating the whole damn thing makes you happy every once in a while, what's wrong with that? Having ice cream every Friday makes you happy, what's wrong with that? Or having pizza once a week makes you happy. What the hell is wrong with that? Who cares? You're the one who has to live inside your body. And you're the one who has to suffer the consequences. It's always you. It's always you. And if you think if you change your life, you're going to get some great, amazing health care savings. Or that things are going to go so much better for you. I mean, maybe they will. But I, I don't think you're going to get those amazing health care savings that you're thinking you're going to. Because as we're going to learn from the story later on, every time you follow an expert's advice and Mm -hmm. do what you're told, you reduce their profits so much that they have to charge you more for things, including essentials. Well, in the case case of food... That thing you need to live. In the case of food, it is the... It is the health advisors and uh, the like who caused the obesity crisis in the first place. Everybody yeah, should um, eat grains. Somebody, Whole grains are really good for you. And 
Oh, we've, no, they're not. We've, we've, we've got to use all this corn we have, so yeah, we'll put corn starch and corn syrup and everything. Uh, of course. <laughs> yeah, well, so they're the buggers who I mean, did not it. So much. And now they're going, oh, this obesity crisis. Well, you, you're the ones who did it. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's absolutely true, you know, and, you know, Before Michael World War II, said most people that, you were know, not everybody's skinny. body is the same. You know, I, I'm one of the people that, like, I can't sit down and eat steak. I eat steak and I'm sick for four or five days after I eat it. I can't. I can tolerate very little meat anymore. It's not that I don't enjoy it. It's just that my body will no longer allow me to digest it. And I can eat salad and, and beans and everything else all day long. That's what my body wants, so that's what I eat. See, and every I, once in a while, I'll I'm I'll Scottish. Splurge. I know there's no Something that makes me horribly sick. I, I'm Scottish. I know there's an alternative to meat. It's called pastry. Uh, that's the two <laughs> two food groups in Scotland: meat, pastry. That's, it's the it's the running joke of Scotland. Show somebody fruit and veg, and they're like, "What's that?" Uh, it's kind of true. <laughs> well, you know, it might be, but you know, here's the thing: all these people want you to live longer lives. Why? Why the fuck do they want you to live longer so you can be more miserable? No, so that that's the, what I don't understand. So that the, the big corporations, especially the pharmaceutical ones, can increase their drug sales because there's more old people that are falling to pieces. Uh, yeah, well, I, I have some thoughts on the drug industry as well, um, but. Those are probably best saved for another time when I can talk about, you know, the guy who increased the cost of the AIDS pills to seven hundred dollars and then and then the the free market, which we don't really have, you don't have it and I don't have it, turned around and bit this guy in the ass and offered a one dollar pill for people suffering from AIDS. So that was the one time I saw the free market really work the way it was supposed to, and I was really pleased with that. I haven't seen it in years. You're on about backtracking. Yeah, that guy backtracked really fast once social media got on him <laughs> well yeah but he didn't reduce the price at all and no. then was it three or four days later another company said right here's a generic of that $700 pill and we're only going to charge you a dollar a pill so yeah. you know that guy wound up you know with his hat in his hands and he's pretty much going to lose everything I'm pretty sure oh, and yeah. I think the funniest thing about this guy going on and on about it being a free market system and he needed to um, make money to produce a better pill for people suffering from AIDS and that was why he was raising the drug costs. He's a hedge fund manager, not a chemist. I guess every... Right, but I guess everybody thought he was a Republican. He's not. He's a Democrat and a huge Bernie supporter, so I don't know what's up with that. I just thought I would throw that out there. I'm already sick of political bullshit. I'm already really sick and tired of the political stuff. Well, this asshole's a Republican. Well, and this asshole's a Democrat. I hate that system. I really, really do hate that system. Unfortunately, I, I don't know. As we got anything I, I a whole thing. I think it would be really nice if we just had a second party. Uh, we don't. We have one party. Once you get that through your head, you understand how government works, how the system works. Your political candidate can say anything they want, 
And yet we know that's not true. Um, there was an old joke, and I don't know if anybody here is a big fan of uh, George Carlin or of, what is that guy's name? Why can't I remember it? The um, It's Just a Ride guy. Does anybody know who I'm talking about? <laughs> you, I, I'm sure people know who I'm talking about. Um, he was he used to talk about drugs a lot, and he he talked about the president a lot. I mean, he he was really only famous in the UK until he oh, really Bill got famous Hicks. here after he died. He died of pancreatic cancer. Yeah, Bill Hicks that was. Yeah, Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks used to talk about them walking the president into a room and showing him a slideshow. And it was basically the Sapruder film broken down from another angle. And it, and they told these industrialists who really run the world, we're telling him this is how everything was going to be. And so the other night I was watching disc two of Citizen Four. And I hadn't really paid attention to it too much. But they show an interview, and it's the very last interview that is ever done by this reporter for the New York Times. And he has Glenn Greenwald and Laura Poitras up on stage, and he has Edward Snowden uh, on through like a Google Hangout or something. And about 45 minutes into this interview, he says to Edward Snowden, are you disappointed in the promise of Obama? Because, you know, he ran as such a strong anti-surveillance, shut-down Guantanamo Bay kind of guy. And what Edward Snowden says to him is that, no, because you don't understand what happens. What happens is every single day, these NSA guys, the CIA guys, these DOD guys, go into the president and they show him these defense briefings. And they make them as god-awful as they possibly can. And they keep doing this until the president gives them more and more broad powers to surveil us or put us in jail at their own will. Um, and that reminded me of what Bill Hicks said about that. And I just thought it was really funny because you think the people that control the world are these billionaires. But it's not really. It's something that they call the deep state. The deep yeah. state is those people, the CIA, the Department of Defense, and the CIA. These are the people who really control everything, and they're people we don't elect and have no say over. And they're going to be there 30, 40, 50 years. And I don't know how you stop that, but politics is just putting lipstick on a pig. It's not fighting any of these problems, and it's not solving any of these things. It's just making the quality of life for average working Americans worse and worse. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's fine. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm done now. Just in case you didn't want to hear that. Uh, sorry, I went off. <laughs> didn't mean to. Um, speaking of stupid things we do, I would like to know why this is even a program. Just playing robots will explore human-computer relations. Okay, this is a DARPA program. Jazz playing computers and robots could soon yield clues about how to help people collaborate with machines, researchers say. The new project called Musica, short for Musical Improvement Collaborative Agent, aims to develop a musical device that can improvise a jazz solo in response to human partners, just as real jazz musicians 
improvise along one, alongside one another. Musica is part of a new program from the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, DARPA, the branch of the U.S. military responsible for developing new technologies. The project is designed to explore new ways that people can interact with computers and robots. There is definitely a desire for more natural kinds of communications with computational systems as they grow in their ability to be intelligent. Ben Grosner, an assistant professor of new media at the University of Illinois at Umbria Campaign, told Live Science. A lot of us are familiar with various methods of interacting with computers, such as text-based and touch-based interfaces. But language-based interfaces, such as Surrey or Google Now, are extremely limited in their capacities. Grosner and his colleagues, Kellen Thomas, an associate professor of music at the University of Arizona, are developing Musica to explore how people can communicate with one another without language. That could make interactions between humans and machines a lot deeper, said Grosner, who himself is a jazz trumpeter. When it comes to jazz, you feel the music as much as you hear and think about it. You react instinctively to things that are going on. To develop a machine capable of playing improvisational jazz, the researchers will create a database of jazz solos from a variety of musicians and have computers analyze recordings to figure out the various processes that come into play when a musician improvises. The researchers will then develop a performance system to analyze the components of human jazz performances, including the beat, pitch, harmony, and rhythm. The system will also consider what it has learned about jazz solos to communicate and respond musically in real time. Our goal is to, by next summer, present a call-and-answer system to DARPA, where I can play a line of music, and the system will analyze that line and give an answer as close to real-time as possible. The researchers admit the project may seem unusual. (laughs) Yeah. Let's face it, trying to develop a system that can play jazz is a crazy idea, Grosner said. It's not going to be Miles Davis. I think if we can make this thing play like a high schooler, we'll really have done our jobs. Ultimately, Grosner hopes this research could shed light on the nature of the creative process. By finding the limits of computational creativity, we can get a different understanding of human creativity on our own creative processes, Grosner said. Well, that's going to be a whole whole new uh, Terminator film. Give me your clothes, your boots, your motorcycle, and your saxophone. (laughs) I just... It's not just me. It just seems like a terribly bad idea, right? I mean, how many billions of dollars do you think they're sinking into that? I don't know, but God, are we going to have the first like automated drone killing a human and he's tortured them with freeform jaws first? Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, you know, I really hope not. <laughs> I really, really hope not. Jeannie, any thoughts on that? It's I'm going to say she has. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just. When I read stuff like this, first of all, I'm baffled that we're spending like four hundred nine billion dollars on this project. It's not just us. I mean, it's it's other funding, but it oh, all comes oh, to four hundred nine billion dollars over like already, the next. Hmm? There's already software that can do this. Yeah. Just another of these. Um, oh, well, will it be expanding the research? What, the stuff you already know the answers to? Yeah. But you're getting another five years of money to look at the same thing. <laughs> yeah, well, so, I mean, this stuff... Go ahead. Why don't they just use Guitar Hero? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a really good answer. 
I don't know, but I see things like this, and I know people call me Luddite and whatever, but I see things like this, the idea that we're going to be able to teach computers to understand human creativity and replicate it, it kind of scares me, because I thought one of the only, I figured there were two, actually, sort of safe things you could be doing, and one of them was being creative and making money for it. And the other was repairing the machines. But if they're going above and beyond to try and teach the machines this stuff, it'll only be a matter of time before they fix themselves. And then due, it's only a matter of time until we're living in the fucking matrix. Due, so. to, due to chaos mathematics, uh, I, I'm sorry to tell you, for the past <laughs> 20 years, computers have been more than capable of doing a lot of the creative shit. Because well, a lot of the creativity comes down to random firing, shall we say, of neurons in a human mm-hmm. brain. And they okay. can replicate this in a computer program by using chaos mathematics. So, okay, well... Yeah. Right, but I'm saying, I think the closer they get with this stuff, the closer we are to being obsolete. Well, I mean, maybe I'm the only one that scares, but well, it kind of does There are a lot a of biologists bit. who say that we've slowed our evolution because of our reliance on technology. Uh, and others who say technology is our evolution. So, yeah. <laughs> I believe it's our <laughs> evolution. And I, and I do agree that we've slowed it. If you ever look at a group of high school students walking down the sidewalk, um, look at how well they socialize and you'll understand what I mean by I agree with we slowed our development. Well, you say walking down the sidewalk. Most of them are stumbling down the sidewalk. Well, well they're the male ones their in their baggy trousers, anyway. Uh, I mean, you, you realize there's a whole bunch of students now having to go to chiropractors and everything else because they look at their phones so much. They've got something called student neck, yeah. which was an unknown disease up until 10 years ago. And it's not because they're looking at their fucking books. It's because they're looking down at their goddamn phones. That's yeah. That that is one thing. It, people people think I'm taller than I am, basically because I stand straight. <laughs> my phone is but a they're phone. They're used to everyone I'm, hunching over, and I don't hunch phone, over. My phone is a phone. I'm not looking at it every twenty seconds. I'm looking at it to make a text, a phone call, or check the time. The I only, don't the live only on people the damn thing. I have a real life in the real world outside with real fucking people. The only people that really annoy me with smartphones are the ones who insist on walking and looking at it at the same time. That's why I said look at a group of high going. school kids walking down the sidewalk. I have seen so many people walk into things when they're using a smartphone. It's hilarious. It's like the walking dead, for Christ's sake. Yeah. We've got zombies. They're alive. But I, c- I can walk along the street and look at my smartphone and avoid everyone coming in the other direction and not walk into posts. The majority of people don't seem capable of this. Well, you're aware there's a big, wide world out there. Well, I've also got 180-degree vision, which kind of helps. Um. That would be helpful. Yeah, my vision's not all that great, so... But still, like I said, I have a real life in the real world. Uh, And we are really, really reliant on technology. Okay. Um, Bacon to be classed as dangerous as cigarettes by the World Health Organization. Yay! The World Health Organization, those bastards, will soon warn that some of America's favorite meats are as dangerous as a cigarette. Who will target processed meats such as bacon, ham, and sausages, and also hamburgers, 
in case you're wondering, as causes of cancer, and we'll say red meat is also as hazardous to health in a decision to be released Monday. The findings resulted from a meeting of scientists from 10 countries. The Daily Mail reports the WHO's International Agency for Research on Cancer will conclude that a host of processed meats should be placed on the highest of five possible rankings as carcinogenic to humans. The rankings will put burgers and bacon alongside asbestos, arsenic, cigarettes, and alcohol. The justification behind the decision, according to the Daily Mail, is that when meat is preserved through processes like smoking, carcinogens can be added. Fucking brilliant. Red meat, on the other hand, has been linked to bowel cancer, according to the UK's Department of Health. The decision is already drawing fire from scientists and meat experts, with the North American Meat Institute claiming that the report went against both common sense and dozens of studies showing no correlation between meat and cancer. Speaking to the Daily Telegraph, Dr. Ian Johnson, Emeritus Fellow of the Institute of Food Research, said... Although there is epidemiological evidence for a statistically significant association between processed meat consumption and bowel cancer, it is important to emphasize the size of the effect is relatively small and the mechanism is poorly defined. It is certainly very inappropriate to suggest that any adverse effect of bacon or sausages on the effect of bowel cancer is comparable to the dangers of tobacco smoke, which is loaded with known chemical carcinogens, and increases the risk of lung cancer in cigarette smokers by about 20-fold. Well, look, it's the usual. The guy who helped write this UK study for the Department of Health says it's being misreported. (laughs) Wow, no surprise there, then. Well, it's always misreported. I mean, does anybody... Jeannie, you might remember this. Do you remember about five years ago that Meatless Mondays bullshit? Yes, ma'am. Okay. At the beginning, when they started talking about this, they kept saying how bad eating meat was for the planet and for the people on it, and they wanted the population of the Earth to switch over to a plant-based diet, which would just be better for us and better for the planet as a whole. So, basically, they would like to exterminate all cows and pigs and chickens it's it's a very the agenda itself when you step back and you look at the things that are being done now is very anti-human it's almost like these people who are very very like insanely green and all about hitting numbers when it comes to climate change and all this stuff it's like they would like to take humans and wipe them off the planet. And that's what I get after looking back at 10, 15 years of the World Health Organization studies and stuff that they're saying. Now, um, humans bad, planet good. Wipe out all the humans, the planet will still survive. It's, it's a really screwed up system. And if you look at what they're going to come out with next, their next thing, and I'm going to bet you money, cars. Cars is going to be the next thing they go after because if they can demonize meat to the point that they have cigarette smoking, vaping, all that stuff, their next target is going to be driving. They've said it themselves. That's why you see all those planned cities. If you've ever been into one of those those planned green cities, everything is kind of the same shitty green, the same shitty brown, and everything's within walking distance. This has been being worked on for 30 years, and this makes me sound crazy, so I'm just going to stop now. 
Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was pointing out in chat there, every biological system on the planet has cancer cells. It's the way evolution has worked. Quite often cancer cells... Well, there's a fine line between it being a harmful cancer cell and it being an evolutionary leap. Because that's well, what cancer cells are. It's cells that have mutated, but just not in a good way. They're just... They're so every biological cancer system cells has cancer really, cells. They're just really, really sticky. Yeah. They're really, really... They, they, they suck everything in and they stick on everything. So they're very hard to kill. But everybody's I mean, got them. It's just the, most of them are inactive and just not doing anything. Well, there there was actually a study a few years ago that uh, a couple of scientists who had their funding pulled were looking into the idea that like a lot of these cancers that people get were actually really bad injuries to the human body. Yeah. Where the cancer cells came and, and stopped the injury from actually killing the person and yeah. then just later turned into cancer. Which is funny when you think about it, because it's not how we think of cancer. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, cancer is just cell mutation. So, yeah, it's 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 built in. It's part yeah. of genetics. Um, sign, good scientists know this. Um, <laughs> the WHO, not so much. Um, well, the World Health Organization. It's working out which is which ones are going to be harmful and which ones aren't going to be harmful. That's the problem. The World Health Organization has an agenda. Oh, yeah. They've always had an agenda. They're always going to have an agenda. Their agenda is to expand themselves and get funding from whoever wants to tell them what to say next. Well, it's it's science by political agenda. It's yeah. not science by science, and it's not science for science's sake. We're really scientifically illiterate as a culture, as a planet, yeah. as a group of people. And we are easily manipulated by stories that are placed in the press. And the press doesn't understand fuck all about science. So we're really screwed. Yeah, for instance, in the UK, you you, you know about the story about the man with the volcano-like e-cigarette. Oh, yeah, the, the man who blew a hole in his lung with yeah. his e-cigarette. You know, which isn't biologically possible. But, no, it's not. Yeah. Didn't he have spontaneous... Pneumonothorax rupture or something. That, that, that's what uh, Doctor Fursalinos thinks it is. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, that was the only thing that that made sense to me. Yeah. Do you know anything about the the thorax and the lungs? I mean, if you yeah, know anything about this soon, stuff, that system soon, is it's impossible for that to happen. As soon as that story appeared, people were going. So how even non-vapors were going. So how did it get down his throat and into his lungs without causing any other damage? If it was yeah. that bad. Well, I mean, first of all, so he was vaping on what? Something nuclear? Because well, he couldn't have been stick. vaping on any battery I've ever seen. Apparently it was an eye stick or something, so yeah. <laughs> must be, must be, he must have oh. got a special model. Uh, so he got the Back to the Future eye stick model, is that what you're he saying? Got the one Came that's, with its own flux powered, capacitor? Yeah, it's powered by the heat of the sun or something, I don't know. But, yeah, but he's yeah, he's, yeah. It's a guy who was either paid to or decided he wanted to make money out of a newspaper story. So, yeah. Well, yeah, it's just ridiculous. Jeannie, any thoughts on the I blew my own lung out with e liquid guy? 
people believe anything, Jan. I know. They really do. And the hot ticket right now to make money off of is e-cigs because the FDA is coming after us. Uh And they figure if, you know, they've got a federal agency coming after this product, then it must be quick and easy money. So, fuckwads will apply. Yeah. Although Belgium and I can't remember where else is are relaxing the rules on e-cigarettes. Yay. Um, okay. Yeah, Belgium, Belgium, it's going up this week. They're, it's no longer going to be illegal to have nicotine-containing e-cigarettes. Yeah, I saw that the other night. I was pretty stoked. I put it up um, in the Vapors Network Facebook page because none of the groups I run have a lot of people in them. And There's a reason an, for that. I closed I think them. it was somewhere else as well. Somewhere I else saw it at like it. 2 o'clock in the morning. I was like, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, there's another country that's done the same. I can't remember which one, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's some, there's a hundred and whatever countries in the world, yeah. There's another one of them that had previously disallowed nicotine-containing e-cigarettes. Is there's be a bunch. In it. So, there's, yeah. there's a lot of them. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, seeing good progress is a really good thing. I think I have time to read this whole one. It's not too long, and then we can grab Alex. Um, Bees addicted to nicotonics, a failure of science journalism, and I pronounced that wrong, but we'll get used to it. Researchers don't always get it right. This comes from Science Magazine. Scientists used to toiling in obscurity on arcane subjects can be lured into presenting hyperbolic conclusions from a media that demands sensational headlines and confirmation bias remains a powerful psychological force within the scientific community. So what does the media do when honest researchers realize their attention-getting findings were simply wrong? If this is the case of bee addiction and it's any indicator, the answer is nothing. Back in April, a provocative press release about a paper by researchers at Newcastle University and Trinity College, Dublin, that suggested bees are hooked on nectar-containing pesticides the same way a meth addict is hooked on stimulants. They concluded that bees simply couldn't resist nicotinoids. In the words of the lead scientist, Geraldine Wright, quote, We now have evidence that bees prefer to eat pesticide-contaminated food, nicotinoids, target the same mechanisms in the bee brain that are affected by nicotine in the human brain. The fact that bees show a preference for food containing nicotinides is concerning as it suggests that like nicotine, nicotinides nicotinides may act as a drug to make foods containing these substances more rewarding. These people need to speak English. On a biological level, bees simply aren't equipped with the sensory mechanisms that would allow them to taste nicotinics. So they weren't attracted by the taste. The study hypothesized that the bees must have remembered to come back irresistibly drawn, not to the taste of the nicotine, but or high that they received from it. As BBC put it, bees get a buzz from nicotinics. CBS News called these findings surprising. The Washington Post called the news so much more chilling. Dave Golson, a bee expert at Sussex University, told The Guardian that at this point in time, it is no longer credible to argue that agricultural use of nicotinoids does not harm wild bees. Like I said, I'm pronouncing this wrong, but you'll live. Outright activist groups, of course, went wild with the usual cause for pesticide bans. A Sierra Club fundraising mailer says, you don't have to smoke cigarettes to die from nicotine poisoning. Beyond Pesticides used the report to urge people to call the White House to demand a ban on nicotinics. 
Predictably, Friends of the Earth, Pesticide Action Network, and Light Group celebrated the findings. Despite all the coverage in the top-tier media outlets, despite all the hype and blaring headlines, despite the loud calls of activists for actions to save the bees based on the study's results, it turns out none of it was ever true. No less an authority than Professor Wright, the lead author, conceded in a follow-up study just a few months later that the claims that inspired all of the banner headlines were bogus. Her team reran the tests and came to an entirely different conclusion. Contrary to our predictions, she wrote, we found that none of the solutions enhanced the rate of olfactory learning and some of them impaired it. Now, if the researchers had stopped there and just said we jumped the gun and ran to the media too quickly with their results, all would be well. Unfortunately, they came up with a new hypothesis. Instead of turning bees into addicts, Nikonics now makes bees so stupid that they forget where Nikonics are located. In other words, no matter what the bees do during a test, whether they remember or whether they forget, it's being spun as proof positive that pesticides are bad. No matter what, Nikonics can't win. While it certainly takes courage to admit error, that's a premeditated, predetermined outcome. Nikonics are bad and has no place in science. It says a lot about the current state of our media that the retraction of such a high-profile scientific claim never, ever receives anywhere near the same coverage as the original outlandish assertion. Aside from small mentions in trade publications, there's been silence from the outlets that proclaimed pesticides were essentially crack for bees. So thousands of people who heard the original headline probably still think bees are addicted to Nikonics, which is how confirmation bias plays right into the hands of activists with an agenda. Yeah, it, this does not surprise me. Uh, Neonicotinoids, uh, or neonics. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. um, they banned a load of them in the EU, and then the second report came out a few months later, and some of them were quietly unbanned, unsurprisingly, because they are the most effective um, pesticides. <laughs> you know, I... Every time they do a story about pesticides, they get it wrong. Yeah. I Does anybody remember, and I hate to jump on and talk about these motherfuckers again because I really hate them, the World Health Organization 20 years ago saying permethrins were the worst thing you could ever do, ever, ever, ever. They were sopping into the soil. They were killing us. They were killing us. They were killing us. Does anybody remember that? Mm-hmm. And it was. Using it again? Yeah, we are using it again because they said they were wrong. Because so many people were dying or getting infected with malaria from bites from mosquitoes in Africa and sub-African sub continents that they said, well, we need to use it again because the benefits outweigh the risks. So, you know, I, mean, I don't the, really the, trust um, anything yeah, anymore. The, the cynic in me thought when they were banning the nicotine nicotinoid based pesticides it's like because they're produced in more organic methods than others funnily enough because right. it's mm-hmm. easier to do my, my 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 cynic was going is this a play to for for them to sell more agent orange because it hasn't been used much for a while and you know so the oh what is the name of that thing um the thermocell have you seen the thermocell Mosquito repellent, Jan? No. Little. Oh, the little patch. It's a little, little patch. Thing, yeah. You put the little patches in there, and it's a little. It's got a. It's got a butane cylinder in it, and you, and it heats up this pad. Well, that's what's in that is pyrethrum. 
Right. I that's mean, it. that's why. Well, I mean, actually, whenever I live in the South, I live in, you know, the deep South. That's just where I am. Um, you can't do natural pest control here. It cannot be done. I don't care how clean you are. I don't care how spotless you keep stuff. You will always have bugs unless you have actual pest control come in and spray shit in your house. That is just the way it goes. And that's all they use in my house is perithin. Works fine. Well, Animals I mean, aren't dead. I'm not sick. No one's dying. Thailand, right? Loads of um. Excuse me, I just need to call. Yeah, in Thailand, most of the there's a lot of expatriate British people go and live in Thailand, uh, and then they discover that there's huge up cost on their property, and it isn't part of the buying the property. It's not part of the rent. It's that every six months, the whole of your property needs sprayed with incredibly vicious chemicals to kill all the bugs in the soil. Because right. otherwise, you're going to be ill the whole time you're living there. Because <laughs> you're you're from the West. You're not used to all the um, insects and their uh, diseases. So, yeah, you yeah. die pretty quickly. So, yeah, part of every six months, crews have to come in and spray the house and the soil. Because, yeah, it's deep jungle. It's mm-hmm. very, very humid, very, very full of life. So, yeah, it's not a new thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, all I can say is activists with an agenda will always harp on a news story or they'll always plant a news story or they'll always find a way in. That's why, I don't know if anybody noticed, but... Um, in the last couple of days, we've seen the, you know, American Pediatric Foundation say that no children under the age of 21 should be allowed to vape or smoke cigarettes or be exposed to smokeless tobacco. And that story's been freaking everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's like, whoever wants these things gone. Oh, Twitter. Yeah, I Twittered over that. Of course, I Twittered over the WHO, too, but... <laughs> My God, it's like a miracle she Twittered. I nope. barely Twittered. I, I, I Twittered several times in one day. This is oh my shock- God, are you okay? Um, I might <laughs> not now. <laughs> when you stand back and you look at the headlines in the news, and I look at them a lot, you can tell when something is going on with an agenda. And I remember a, a few years ago, Kevin and I sat there and before the American Vaping Association had ever come to fruition. And we said, well, okay, we know the CDC and the FDA are spending a lot of money to get people to not vape and not smoke, and let's see how much. $200 billion went to a couple of ad agencies, three of them in New York and one somewhere else. And I know Kevin, when he came up with the AVA tried to get one of those ad agencies to take them on and they wouldn't do it because they take money from the CDC. All of these people are against us. Look at the amount of crazy stories in the news. I can't say they've done it, but I can't say they haven't. And news is not what it used to be. It's not an investigative thing now. 
now it's all clickbait and trying to make money and going online. There's actually, um, let me see if I can grab it before I grab Alex and I'll put it in the chat and, and people can look at this story and really think about it because it's pretty interesting. Um, the reason that I think that this is interesting is because it's a bot that writes news stories and they've made it free and they've made Mm -hmm. it free for everyone. And the reason that's interesting is because you've taken the person completely out of journalism. This is journalism done by spreadsheets probability mathematics how how in the hell can you call that journalism anyway um, that's what journalism's become you can the rest of the bullshit that's in the news anymore Jan just saying well I try to I try to do a good job I mean this is writing these news stories we're reporting on the stuff that people that, that gets buried that people should see and that they don't see because of all the nonsense that actually gets reported in mainstream media. Well, I've got to admit, I think the thing that pissed me off was after Russia went and they bombed the shit out of IS and they got rid of 90% of their weaponry and their ammunition with that one bombing raid. What the fuck did everybody talk about? That fucking skank Khloe Kardashian and her scum-sucking husband. Really? That's news? Okay, although, although, yeah, the, the Russians are hilarious on that because they claim that every single one of their missiles hit exactly the target it was aimed at. Oh, of course it didn't. And funnily enough, but... yeah, the people who are on the ground are going, yeah, no, you leveled all areas you weren't supposed to be shooting at. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, they fired an awful know. lot of ordnance. Well, I mean, and of course, you realize the Russians did that because they actually saw that intercept story. The drone papers. And I think I talked about this last week. If you want to read something disturbing, just go to the intercept, type in the drone papers, sit down and prepare to be second. Because I I still don't understand what in the fuck the Secretary of the Treasury has to do with targeting people for assassination. I'm sorry. But I'm done. (laughs) Okay, but before we we bring Alex on, that way Jan will have all this time to calm down from what I'm about to say. (laughs) Here's the thing about war. There is always collateral damage the only reason that people are having such fits about it now is because it is in their face the second it happens if people think that there is zero collateral damage in war they're sorely misguided there has always been and will always be collateral damage in war now am i saying that we belong in these wars no i'm not saying that but i am saying if if people want all of these things fought and all of these things um removed from the planet um they should stop being shocked when there is collateral damage um i highly doubt that you're going to see in russia right now the the sense of outrage over what happened during this bombing um, that we saw here over the Doctors Without Borders. Now, I'm not saying that the whole Doctors Without Borders hospital being bombed wasn't a horrific, horrible thing. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, you know, Russia just bombed the shit out of ISIS. 
literally bomb the shit out of these people. Um, and they're probably going to be celebrated for it. Collateral damage and all. Right. And and I, I understand that what I'm saying is, have you read the drone papers? And the only reason I'm saying that is, is they're actually really easy to understand. They took and broke it down into like eight different subcategories with charts and it's very easy for a layperson to understand. Um, well, it was designed for politicians to understand. So, yeah. yeah, well, it was it was designed for yeah. I got it. It wasn't hard. Um, the only reason I'm bringing this up is because I'm trying to understand why you have a chart on the intercept, and it shows the papers that the person who worked for the Pentagon bought to them. And it shows how they pick a target for drone assassination. Um, and one of the things it showed was, was all the people who are involved in picking these people out. I still don't understand why right next to Hillary Clinton, who was at the time, you know, one of the people who should have been doing it, the secretary of the treasury was there. Jack Lou has no business deciding who should be killed. I just, I'm just want saying. to know how we can get Justin Bieber on the list. <laughs> I don't I don't know, but I've <laughs> I saw the most disturbing thing on social media. I really wish I hadn't seen it. There's there's a nude picture of Justin Bieber out there. I really wish I could bleach my eyes and brain. I have <laughs> not seen that, Jan, and please do not honor me with forwarding the link. I'm not going to. I'm just going to say, I mean, for somebody who looks so girly, I don't know what he feeds that thing. Okay, I'm done. Um, Alex? <laughs> Before yeah, I embarrass we'll myself Alex, further, so. Alex? <laughs> can, we, can we get Alex, please? Dear God, Alex. <sighs> hey, Alex. Hello. Hi, Alex. Um, good. <laughs> good evening, Good evening and welcome to the CASA update for the week of 10-26-2015. Hi, Alex. So what has been... What's what's going on? Well, um... <laughs> man. Um, things are about to get weird. Uh, anyway, I, we'll get yeah. to that. And I'm not going to... I'm not going to offer... I, I know. A I'm bunch not of specifics because I don't really know them, but... Um, Right off the top, uh, I will say um, just a couple of things. Or was it? Uh, whatever. Um, we put out, I, I had to go back and see that I didn't talk about this last week, but um, okay. we sort of updated the call to action for Pennsylvania last week. Um, even though I, I think that there was some, a little bit of success um earlier on, I guess back in the summer, uh, or maybe it was spring. I don't know. Everything's blending together at this point. Um, but there was that 40% wholesale tax that was proposed for vapor products and I believe smokeless tobacco. Um, that was sort of, that was taken out of the budget during the normal, at least that round of budget talks. Um, but there is sort of, uh, not really rumor, it's, it's a little bit more substantial than rumor, but um, 
the 40% wholesale tax is still very much on the lips of the governor and lawmakers in Pennsylvania. So um, we have updated our call to action for Pennsylvania. Uh, and even if you participated last time and you live in Pennsylvania, please go ahead and uh, send another email to your lawmakers. Um, so that's that's up and active right now. It's um, asking for funds. Yeah, Tom Wolf wants to uh, pay for schools, I think. Is it, that's up the deal. You know what? He, th- Alex, oh, okay, I'm not going to <laughs> update, so I'm not going to cut. <laughs> Here's the thing. I would first like the state of Pennsylvania to show me where all of this money from the lottery that was supposed to go towards education and the elderly, I would like that accounted for first. Before he before he latches another BS tax onto things under the guise of this is for education, when it's really not. Because the state of Pennsylvania went and they gambled the teachers' retirement incomes, basically, in the stock market. And they lost it all. And now all the school districts are having to pay that up. And you know how they're making it up? Well, they're raising property taxes. Mm-hmm. I have yet to see in any of these school budgets where anybody has published um, the wonderful funds that they have gotten out of the lottery. So they're, they're proposing these taxes under fabrications and none of it's going where they say it's going to go so i just don't get more tax yeah if i remember correctly the the joke in pennsylvania was um how many roads that the state has to maintain (laughs) i I remember a quote from somebody saying i don't think pennsylvania has ever seen a road that it doesn't like um (laughs) And, and it really, I, I don't know what the actual statistics are, but there are, there are, I, I think Pennsylvania may be the original kind of road to nowhere state that there actually is literally marked on a map road to nowhere. Um, and I, I lived in Lancaster for several years. So I, I actually, I, I watched my property taxes go through the roof as well, um, which be made a little bit more difficult to sell my house. So thanks for that. Um, that's not necessarily Tom Wolf's fault, but uh, and, and most yeah. of the roads here are horrific. Yeah, they are. It's it's a stark contrast when you come from any other state into Pennsylvania. Um, <laughs> so yeah, good good times. <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'll be quiet. That's that's, that's okay. okay. It's it's hard to justify taxes in any case. Yeah. Um, especially on, you know, these products, you know, but I, I think, uh, people may not know this and it may be one of those things that sort of quietly talked about around the, the, the vaping campfire, but, um, Pennsylvania does not have a tax, uh, a state tax on smokeless tobacco from what I understand. Uh, and, uh, I think that that's fairly credited a lot to the efforts of Bill Godshaw. Bill Godshaw. Um, and, and I think he, he was probably somewhat in, influential again this year in keeping this tax off of vapor products and smokeless tobacco. So, um, you know, credit I've where credit s- is due. Yeah, I've got to say, I mean, somebody who turns up time and time and again um, and and speaks to them while dressed in a suit, while they might not always be dressed in a suit and does it every single time is is he's pretty persuasive 
with what he does. I, I have to give him credit for that. Yeah, he's, really he's, he's nothing if not consistent and, and, and knowledgeable about what what's going on and, and uh, very assertive. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's nice to see Bill get yes. out there and fight. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, Pennsylvania residents, uh, please take advantage of our call to action and uh, send your lawmakers a message. Um, and then there's sort of a whole slew of local stuff. Uh, a lot of this I, I'm not even going to get to as far as issuing calls to actions. Um, some of these are, are sort of past. A lot of this has already happened. Um, but I know you have this list that, that you handed off uh, that we were going <laughs> to possibly talk about here. Yeah. Um, I did find out where Ingham County, I, that's Michigan. Okay. Um, and that was one of these, they had already had a public hearing. Um, but oh, yeah, a lot of this stuff is, I, sorry, I, I came home from work and I, I tried to, to get ready for tonight and then I decided to take a nap instead. So, it's um, okay. <laughs> that's uh, why I did, that's why I put together all this. Just yeah, yeah, no, that was good. Um, I did see, uh, I did just get an alert today from Bismarck, North Dakota, um, and this is a this is a topic that we haven't addressed a whole lot. I know that there have been a few municipalities we've issued calls to action for these um, licensing type uh, ordinances, and I think that was there was one of these that was in the list that you gave me. Uh, but Bismarck, North Dakota, is looking at an ordinance that would require. Uh, vapor shops to carry a state-issued tobacco dealer's license. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it was one of those things where I, I remember hearing that, you know, in, in certain places, this is kind of a huge problem because a vapor shop isn't defined as a tobacco retailer at the state level. So you have this, you know, city or municipal ordinance that's requiring people to go get a tobacco license when they go, they say, yes, I'm selling electronic cigarettes and vapor products. And the people at the state office are like, well, we don't, we don't issue tobacco dealer licenses for those things because, you know, the state doesn't recognize you as a tobacco dealer. So there's sort of this, you know, weird miscommunication and so on. But fortunately for the folks of Bismarck, North Dakota, um, the state does define electronic cigarettes as tobacco. And so you should very easily be able to retailers license is $15. The ease of getting uh, this license is sort of beside the point. The horse is out of the barn here. I mean, the state already recognizes it's already essentially regulated e-cigarettes as tobacco. So there's not much argument there. Uh, unless you want to take it up at the state level. Um, and I, I don't think that North, North Dakota is not like California. They don't have, you know, the, the, a lot of the licensing laws that we see in, in California cities and counties is tied to this, you know, we're going to put a cap on the number of tobacco dealers in, uh, in a city. And so, you know, if you want to open up a vapor shop, you have to wait until somebody closes their tobacco whatever down in order right. to, to purchase one or, or apply for one um and they're just they're just that's that density thing uh you know where they just basically want to thin the herd and, and protect the children 
from mm-hmm. too many uh, tobacco sellers. Um, and unfortunately, in California, that means well, in everywhere, basically, any convenience store that sells cigarettes has to have a tobacco dealer's license. And so when these ordinances pop up, basically, they set it at the current number of licenses. So it's sort of a de facto, it's a de facto ban on new vapor shops opening up, um, which, you know, essentially hands the advantage to the people already selling cigarettes. Um, for those of you who already know this, I'm sorry for rehashing all of this, but uh, we some, occasionally get some new listeners that may not understand all of the other um, areas where you know these ordinances are troubling. It's not we know we're not we we give a lot of attention to to use bans and uh, and taxes, but uh, there's certainly a lot more dimensions to this that that can seem. Uh, they can kind of sneak up on everybody. Uh, and it's actually a little bit difficult for us to effectively, as consumers, I think, join in that conversation about licensing because that's, you know, the direct effect is on on retailers. They're, they're the ones that bear the cost. It's just, you know, we have to worry about access. Um, so, it, it's you know, we're not actually throwing dollar signs around as consumers. Um, but that's kind of my thoughts on why that's a little difficult for us to jump onto. So anyway, um, so Bismarck, North Dakota, and there was another one in your list that was looking at that. Um, I think that was Ingham County. Yeah. Yeah. Ingham County, Michigan, which I believe is, has part of Lansing in it. Did I get that right? I think maybe. I'm not up on geography, so. <laughs> I'm up on Google Maps, so that's, that's where I get my <laughs> geography lessons from. Um, it, it's harder to get stuff like that from DuckDuckGo, but I try. Yeah, so Ingham, Ingham County has, it looks like a huge chunk of Lansing, if not all of Lansing, Michigan, in it. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah. Maybe that deserves some attention, of course. <sighs> so that's that. Um, the other thing. Oh, yeah. So I had some. I, I, yeah, I, I'm going <laughs> to skip through all the nitty gritty details because all these are we've got a handful of local stuff here that I am probably not going to get around to. Um, uh, I guess I could maybe rattle them off at least so people that live in I don't know where Harrison is. There's no state. Tied to Might this, be but... Michigan. Okay. Har- Harrison, Michigan was where my husband grew up. Okay. So if you live in Harrison, perhaps Michigan, um, <laughs> then, uh, there's a, uh, your, your city council is uh, moving to uh, prohibit uh, vaping at the same places where smoking is banned. Um, and we mentioned Ingham County. If I'm saying that wrong, uh, you can try to correct that in type. Right. Um, and I think those were the two that you sent me. Uh, I got another local alert for Mariposa County, California. Um, I haven't read over this ordinance yet, um, but it's California, so just assume the worst. Um, and I guess the other thing was... I haven't looked into this FTC thing all that much, 
Um, but that was about marketing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this actually, so the, the, the thing, and we've talked about this a couple of times, um, yeah, here's, here's the quote from Senator Durbin, uh, marketing tactics once used by big tobacco to entice children and teenagers into using their addictive product with fruit and candy flavors and glossy celebrity ads, e-cigarette makers are undeniably targeting young people. Um, I, I know that Jeannie knows this. I know that a lot of other people out there know this, but I had to discover it for myself. Uh, this weekend, I took straight propylene glycol and my nicotine liquid, and I mixed it in a bottle, and I started vaping it, and it's delicious. It's, it's unflavored. It has a nice, mild, sweet taste to it. How is um, it sitting here lying like this, Alex? What's that? Why are you telling that terrible lie? because i i i I really just you know it doesn't matter if i say it or if anybody else discovers it well no jan jan i was using sarcasm earlier and jan pointed out the fact that you know some people might not understand sarcasm so i'm just passing along the knowledge that i was given earlier when when i intended to use sarcasm um (laughs) Yeah, no, it's awful. I don't know how Dr. Farsalinos can stand it. It's awful. I actually like it. It's uh, it, it's it's nice. I mean, it's not gonna. I don't. I don't know actually if it's going to. I, I've got. I just got some vegetable glycerin in today, and and I'm gonna try. You know that apparently that is advertised as actually having a nice sweetness to it. When I mean, it says right on the bottle, add it to your protein shakes for a nice sweet whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Okay. You know, I think a lot of people actually know this or whatever. I, I just, to me, it, it's it is actually a sweet flavor. I, unless you're nobody out there vapes pure nicotine straight from the source. You know, it, it all comes diluted with propylene glycol or vegetable glycerin. Um, so it, it's you know, there's no you, you know, e-cigarette companies are not adding sweet flavors to this product to make it more appealing or to mask some bitter taste. That's just not how this works. The flavors are added because we like them. It's, it's an interesting experience. It's, it's an enjoyable experience for people who can taste things. Um, but you know, even if they were to come out and say absolutely positively, no flavors, it's just propylene glycol and nicotine. I actually, Kind of well, even then they would have to you know understand that it is it has a sweet flavor to it. So, um, I guess well, you know the, the really, flavor. That's why. That's why. Um, people. That's how most animals get poisoned. Because um, the sweet taste of uh, antifreeze. Yes. Right. And, yes. And that's what it's from. Is from the pg that's in it um it has that it has this sweetness that that draws them to it and that's why they're drinking it um i don't think that these these animals aren't walking by a puddle of water and going to antifreeze because they think oh hey i'm gonna poison myself they're walking by the water and going to the antifreeze because they're like oh this smells really good right and that's why they do it um 
But with the, it, yeah, they add. It, when I said earlier that it's awful and I'm not doing it, you have to understand where I'm coming from. Alex is such an mm-hmm. app DIYer. I am all about the flavor. Yeah. All about the flavor. No, I, I'm I'm just cutting my teeth on this now. I, I'm I'm getting interested in in you know extracts and getting into flavors, and I, I've just been slow to do it because I'm generally slow and focusing my attention on more more keyboard text based things than uh, a chemistry set. But uh, yeah, it's 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 really interesting to get started into this, and it's exciting for me. But I just I had to try the plane. <laughs> I just have a bottle. I made my own label with, you know, it just says plain. It's just, just, <laughs> just as a side note. Uh, maybe, Dave, all the, Dave Dorn. maybe all our bottles should say plain. Yeah, Dave, just a note. Dave Dorn uh, does a lot of unflavored, but it's not fully unflavored. He does add a bit of ethyl maltol. Well, I mean, wasn't it... Um, oh, God. Um, who was it who used to do that? It was just VG, nicotine, and ethyl maltol. Um... One of, one of the very first companies did that. I forget their name. But that was one of their flavors, and the other one of their flavors was, it was called Fresh. And it was just, it was like uh, VG nicotine and like a quarter of a menthol crystal. It was very light. Well, I mean, and Dr. Farsalinos does vape unflavored. Right. He's very vocal about that for a long time. Um, he has been vaping unflavored e-liquid for quite a while. Well, yeah, there's the, I mean, kind of that that suspected risk that flavors, the, the you know, that the chemicals that make up the flavors might pose. I think I, I I feel like I've heard him talk about that as well. That um, you know, the, the flavoring ingredients could be could fall under avoidable risk category for him. Um, that makes sense, but well, yeah. a lot of people flavor really strongly. I mean, I think. I remembered, wasn't it Kurt Kistler who said 10% or less should be as much as we flavor with as little as we knew about them? Mm. I'm only asking because Jeannie talks to him more than I do. Well, and and that really kind of depends. And the reason I say that is there are some flavoring companies out there that dilute their flavoring so much so, Jan, that 15% of that flavoring is actually only going to have the same amount of flavoring molecules in it as 1% or 2% of another company. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a misnomer to stick that out there. Um, and when I asked Kurt about it, and I have an interview recorded on SoundCloud that I did with Kurt, where we were talking about exactly that. You know, mm-hmm. um, people have vaped 100% flavoring before. Yep. And... And Kurt said, have we had one single person be confirmed sick from flavoring ever? And the answer is no. No. No, but I mean, all of this, we are the guinea pigs. Yep. I'm, we're it, you know, especially people who've been doing it as long as Kevin, myself, and Julie. We're the one, if something's wrong, it's going to show up in us first. Just saying, you know, yeah. we're the people. If if the government wanted to be accurate about this, and if if anybody really wanted to be accurate about this, they would be studying us and what's happened to our health. But they don't seem to really 
take that into consideration. We are the perfect test group. Uh, moral panic raises more grant dollars. So, um, yeah, you know, very that's, true. that's that. But yeah, I, to, I guess bring it back to the more legislative slash regulatory discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of think it's, you know, that absurd argument of masking the bitter taste of nicotine is, is sort of a moot point, I guess, you know, because the plane is, is actually pretty nice as far as I'm concerned. It doesn't um, really taste bad, though. I, depending on what kind of nicotine you get, I've noticed some of it tastes a little bit peppery, but it doesn't taste bad. Well, that's, yeah, it should. I mean, I, I, that's, I'm actually, this isn't peppery enough for me, so I need to maybe boost it up a little bit. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's at 30 right now, so. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then, uh, so this segues into uh, a developing story that will probably be bursting onto the social medias uh, soon. Um, the... Uh, uh, FDA regulations are at OMB, OIRA, and uh, another organization is, I guess, slowly releasing whatever copy of it they have. Um, currently, I'm not going to give you the website. I'm not going to. I'm not going to promote anything that's not CASA, just because that's whatever. I don't. I don't blame you. But all you have to do is a web search. You can. You can find it now. Yeah, and so it's out there right now. As far as I know, the table of contents are up, uh, and uh, people are slowly, we're sort of currently at the mercy of these people's analysis of, of what they've read and what they think they've seen. Um, so we're not going to speak definitively on this, but um, I, I will say this ties into several things. First of all, I've seen a couple people talk about how they've spoken to retailers who don't even know that the FDA deeming regulations are a thing. Uh, you know, it was one thing to hear retailers be, you know, ask me at, at events like, Oh, is, are we done? Did, did, did they, did they tax, did they tax it yet? You know, like that's, that's one thing. At least that guy knows that there's something out there. Right. He may not be aware of where we're at in the process, but at least he knows it exists. So, there are people opening up vapor shops left and right, and they don't know what's coming. Um, this is the time. Right now, if nobody's done anything, this is the time. You should be, if you go into your vapor shop and they don't have CASA materials or any advocacy materials, there's a conversation that needs to be had with that vendor. Because I know as a consumer... Oh. I would like these products to be around in some form that resembles the current market uh, in, in yep. 10 years from now, 20, you know, 30, you know, down, way yeah. down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, you know, we have our call to action for supporting HR 2058, which every single vapor in America should be participating in right yep. now. I think we're at a, probably around 17,000 people have taken action. That's not, that's not nearly enough. You write that number out. If somebody gives you $17,000 in cash, that's a lot of money, but it's just not nearly enough people. There are millions of people using these products in this country alone. And every one of them should be clicking and pointing their way to sending an email. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing that we haven't quite 
hammered out yet. This may or may not become a thing, but um, <clears throat> regardless, people should know uh, there's some association of medical doctors. Uh, I, I, I have to dig up the link here if I'm going to pronounce their name correctly. Um, you, you sent us this link. Um, ASM. What an unfortunate acronym. Um, <laughs> the American Society of Addiction Medicine, which to me, just reading a, a few of their materials, sounds like the neo-prohibitionist movement or whatever. Um, it, they have organized, uh, using that term loosely, uh, they have their own call to action. They're encouraging people to call the White House tomorrow, October 27th, yep. and uh, urge the president to... Uh, kind of force funny. the FDA's hand? No, That's the exact kind of words are, ask President Obama to finalize regulations to give the... Know. To give the Food and Drug Administration the authority to protect our kids. So anyway, this call to action was written by a third grader, and <laughs> um, and they just really don't know. I mean, maybe that's all that they need to do. You, know, you have to write things on the sixth grade level, really, to get the most fourth. participation. Fourth, 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 really, fourth grade. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, um, and I'm I'm telling you just what I've I've read from like cruising tobacco control websites they talk about like how to recruit like lower level people mm-hmm. nothing can be written above a fourth grade reading comprehension level so well this is it um so uh the what was sort of kicked around was that we should uh, probably get together some counter uh, action and on wednesday everybody <laughs> should call the white house and tell them uh to um not let the FDA destroy <laughs> the e-cigarette market and take away our access to these products right. and that um, the president should uh, probably demonstrate some leadership and uh, express support <laughs> for changing the grandfather date to a more reasonable time, like when the deeming regulations are finalized, which is right. what H.R. 2058 would do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, tell your story to the um, lovely White House phone person <laughs> that, that happens to catch your call uh, and tell them how these products have benefited you if they have, in fact, benefited you. Um, and the number for the White House is area code 202-456-1111. Again, that number is 202-456-1111. Uh, call call Wednesday, October 28th, while supplies last, and <laughs> let the White House know that vaping has uh, been incredibly beneficial to you and millions of other Americans who vote and pay taxes and don't want to see these products taken off the shelves. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's, I think there's your call to action, Alex. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that. And... Uh, Anyway, so suffice to say, um, nobody beyond a a small circle of people has seen what the deeming regulations currently look like. Um, I think it's safe to say, you know, right now we don't have what we want. There's some speculation about them being even worse, but, you know, I'm only bringing that up because 
people should be motivated to take action. That's 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 where this goes. Well, um, we I can mean, hash I out. Right. I, I don't know how you could not be motivated. Within two years, they aim to end us. That's as it's written now. They aim to end us and leave us with sigalikes. How are you not motivated by that? If that. Yeah, exactly. If, if, if that. we get that. So, yeah, yeah it's uh, it's happening. This is real. <laughs> the yeah, I had, I had the sunnier. I had the sunnier version of that, Alex, than you. Something's <laughs> wrong. <laughs> and I am the constant optimist. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what, and the optimist is is getting all doom and gloom. <laughs> yeah, stuff's starting to become really real. So um, now, now is the time. And if people don't have Kasa stuff up in their shops, they don't have to buy a Kasa um, store kit. We have links where vape shops can print all the Kasa material they would like to post in their shops, and it will cost them nothing but the cost of paper and ink so they don't have to give us anything but they need to know vapors need to know someone is fighting for them without us i don't know what happens next yeah yeah so we're not going to end this on a cheery note other than to say that uh please participate in the hr 2058 call to action pester the white house on wednesday that'll be fun yeah, we can call uh, it Tester the White House Day. No, I'm, we no. can't really. <laughs> we can't um, really. Some um, appeal for harm reduction reason or something. Um, those are those are big words, though. <clears throat> I don't know if fourth graders understand that. Um, and uh, are smarter than that? We hope so. And um, of course, please uh, submit your testimonial. I, I'm taking you thunder, Jan. By the way, because I. I I just dropped all the doom and gloom, so I might as well That's give people something good. cheerful to do. Good. Um, <clears throat> if you want to feel better about life and all of these horrible regulations that are coming down, just take a few minutes and uh, give us a paragraph or two about how vaping has improved your life or not, um, or smokeless tobacco. Either way, those are great tobacco harm reduction stories that we would like to add to our collection. Um, it, uh org forward slash testimonials or uh, bit.ly b-i-t dot l-y forward slash t-h-r testimonials uh, and uh, give us your story yes yes um, and that is it for this week if we didn't make you really sad um, please <laughs> um Please join us at kasa.org if you have not already done so, so that we can help you help yourselves to protect vaping as we know it. Um, join us on Facebook at the We Are Kasa group for just general chit chat or the official Kasa group page. Um, we Are Kasa Media on YouTube. We Are Kasa Media on Twitter. We Are Kasa Media on Instagram. Come check us out there. Um, and come say hi to us. We really want to talk to you. Have a good night. Thank you for everything you do for us, Alex. See you next week. Thanks. That was cheerful, wasn't it? <laughs> is everybody feeling really good? Is everybody feeling really good now? Because this, this is how you should feel right now. Yay!
So, yeah. Um, we will go from being gray market to black market really, really soon. If the government has their way. Just throwing that yes. out there. Jeannie, any thoughts? Yes, you should remind me to unmute my microphone after I reflect on the and mute the damn thing. Uh, whatever. Oh. So anyway, yeah. Um, and anybody who's done with the paranoid Ron Paul talk can just leave. It's, it's very hard for me to... Okay. Uh, in Italy, frustration over fines leads to blown-up speed camera. I thought this was kind of a fun story. A speed camera near Milan had been triggering complaints since its appearance two years ago. This week, the frustration and the camera exploded. Hate those cameras that catch you speeding? Someone in Italy may hate them a little more. Earlier this week, an unknown party in Panelgate, a municipality near Milan blew one up just outside a tunnel. Motorists are tired of cameras that serve only to make money, read a couple of notes found near the site of the explosion, according to Art of Gears. Speed cameras are on the verge of ubiquity in cities worldwide, especially areas that are either high in recorded traffic infractions or low on discretionary funding. The systems calculate a vehicle's speed, snap a picture of the offender's license plate, and mail out a ticket. No actual officers required. Though it's true the police aren't omnipotent, or omnipresent, and that relying on speed cameras lets them spend time on more serious matters, residents often rally against this type of hands-off policing. They're convinced that cameras and other such devices function not for safety but for revenue. It's not the first time locals near Milan have made their complaints known. In the two years since the tunnel opened, drivers have rallied against the camera set up in question, according to Art of Gears, grumbling that the speed limit is set too low and that the fine is inappropriately high. The fee runs at 150 British pounds, I believe. Approximately 167... No, I'm sorry. That's not pounds. It's 109 pounds. 167 dollars and Australian 232 dollars. Rage over this new revenue source is not limited to Europe. As far back as 2007, the UK and Australia have experienced violence aimed at speed cameras. And the story isn't much different in the US. In Chicago... Isn't it? Hmm? That's the euro sign. Yeah, that's where I screwed up. Um, In Chicago, two law firms filed suit against the city for failing to adhere to the municipal code regarding payment grace periods and due diligence in notifying the ticketed. Though the outrage of speed cameras isn't new, taking it to this extreme might only make the situation worse. The incident could promote an adversarial relationship between law enforcement and citizens, and somebody will have to pay for the damages. In this case, Gate may wind up responsible for cleaning up the aftermath, despite all the camera's proceeds going directly to the province of Milan. So, yeah. People aren't really thrilled with speed cameras. No. Um, <laughs> there's an episode of Top Gear where Gordon Ramsay, the chef, tells people this nice hint for screwing up cameras without actually damaging them. <laughs> I won't go into it, but it was funny. Silly string. No, 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 no. Do with cling film. I'm just saying silly string is something you can do from the ground. Not that I would know that. Well, in the the UK, uh, yeah, there was a spate of them where people were 
found there was a hole in the side to let rainwater out, mm-hmm. and, and people were getting canisters of builder's foam. Um, <laughs> and, and, and putting the nozzle in the hole, funnily enough. Yeah. And That's what happens next? Fucking you up the camera. Imagination for, I guess. Mm. So yeah, there's there's a spate of cameras that got builder foamed. Yeah. <laughs> Can't imagine how that could have happened. Yeah. But and here and here's the thing about these cameras. Once these cameras are up, uh, mm-hmm. the chances of them being taken down before they pay for themselves is negative. Yeah. True. They are never going to remove these cameras while they're still in the hole for putting the sons of bitches up. Yeah. Well, in this case, they're not even. Well, I mean, they, they, in the UK, they forever claim, oh, the cameras are to do with safety. It's all about safety. And then people didn't fly with that. So then it was like, it's about controlling, it's traffic management. You know, we have to control traffic and... And that's still not flying with consumers. Um, and, you know, the public aren't falling for that. Not when we have expose programs on the likes of the BBC going, and this is the amount of money this particular council made out of speed cameras. And this is the amount of money this council made out of speed cameras. And, of course, councils are going, oh, we're not doing it for revenue, no. Oh, that it barely pays for itself. It's like, mm, that's a load of shit. Um, um, I know, having worked in the traffic enforcement for uh, a, a brief period, that it's all about the money. So nothing to do with safety, nothing to do with traffic management. It's well, it's all about, kind of always been about the money, hasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. Raising revenue. Yep. Okay. Um, so I thought this story was interesting. I read it a couple weeks ago and nobody seemed to react to it and i'm going well this is really weird because people should really be reacting to this simply because of what it says about the state of the internet and the story is uh is there an internet of things vigilante out there and i know people aren't going to get this but you will as i finish reading this <sighs> linux why thatch compromises routers and other internet of things devices and appears to try improve to improve infected devices security. The creators of Linux WiFatch responded to blog posts explaining the reasons for their actions. Um, and let me go down to where he talks about why he did what he did. Um, so it's basically this, it's malware. It's out in the wild. And people are picking it up. And as it's going into the systems... It's resetting things. It's resetting. It's resetting passwords. Well, not so much. It's resetting areas and telling you we did not allow you to connect to this because it's harmful. Reset your password. Um, and it's improving basically the security all around on unsecured stuff. Um. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to find it. This is not... Okay, so go from here. There's no doubt that Linux Wifatch is an interesting piece of code. Whether the author's intentions were to use the creation of... for the creation of good of other IoT users 
vigilante style or whether their intentions were more malicious remains to be seen. What we know is that it pays to be suspicious, and with this in mind, Symantec will be keeping a close eye on Linux Yfetch and the activities of its mysterious creator. Resetting an infected device will remove the Yfetch malware. However, devices may become infected again over time. If possible, users are advised to keep their device software and firmware up to date and to change any default passwords that may be in use. Okay, so, and here we are. The author of Linux Yfetch responded to our blog post and and posted a Q&A to explain their actions. Um, why did you write this and let it go? First, for learning. Second, for understanding. Third, for fun. And fourth, for your and our security. Apart from the learning experience, this is a truly altruistic project, and no malicious actions are planned. And it's a nice touch that Semantic's going to watch over this. Why release now? It was never intended to be secret. And to be truly ethical, Stallman said... Hello? Hi. How are you? Yeah. But I, I'm okay. Okay, okay was, was I, I off, off for a while? while? No, it was me. Okay. Okay, okay so, so Jeannie's, Jeannie's back, back, everybody. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, right. Okay. okay. So, so, can anybody, anybody tell, tell me the... Okay. So, he's talking about Linux and the, the fact that he released it to John, increase security of other systems. Am, Am I, I off, off again? again? What? No, 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 you're reverberating. You're echoing. Sweet. So, one, one of the calls needs to hang up. Yeah, hang on. Okay. Uh, I don't know what Skype's doing. It's, it's like, like an, an old Doctor, Doctor Who episode. episode. Oh, so maybe it wasn't me. Do you, Do you remember, remember the old Doctor Who episodes where it had that camera? Yeah, hang the on. I'm with, the one with Tom Baker on. I'm probably going to have to restart the call. Hang on. Sweet. It sounds like a rockabilly band. Thanks. <laughs> hang on. What's this? Right, hang on, can you hear me? Yes. It's still echoing. It's still echoing. I don't know why. Still echoing, yeah. yeah. Um, sometimes it goes away, but I don't... I don't know that anybody's in the mood for that this evening. Is it still echoing, guys? It's, it's only you that's echoey. Jeannie yeah, and only you sound echoey to me when you talk. When Jeannie talks, she doesn't sound echoey at all. <sighs> I hate Skype. Okay, um, you know what? Advert? Oh, you can end soon. Okay. Yeah, screw Okay. I'm not, I'm not up for playing with this tonight. Okay. Advert. Why spend hours searching for in-stock ammunition when you can use AmmoSeek.com? AmmoSeek.com is a search engine for finding ammunition, reloading components, magazines, and guns for more than 300 calibers at more than 60 online retailers. AmmoSeek.com only shows items that are in stock and readily available for shipping. You can search by caliber, grains, manufacturer, and more. The results are displayed by cost per round. 
so you are able to get the very best pricing on your ammunition of choice. Find ammunition at the best prices, fast. Ammoseek.com. Okay, guys, and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.